Okay, welcome everybody to this week's podcast. Uh, as usual, I don't know what number it is. I want to say 10. I think 10 would be the right guess. And this week, I have someone I've been working with for quite a long time at this point coming on to interview. His name is Neil. And Neil is a part of my weekly webinar group, which I have been running now for probably almost two years. So Neil is going to come in this week, and I'm sure he has plenty of questions to to ask. He had two questions before I hit record. (laughs) The first was, could he say fuck? Um, (laughs) Question answered. And second, could he introduce himself? So that's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. Thank you, Chris. Um, Thanks for everything. I've really enjoyed working with you for the past six months. And thanks for this opportunity with being able to be on your podcast. For sure. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. So um, I want to give your listeners some context about me and a little bit of bio. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, 41. I live in uh, southwest Colorado in Durango, up in the mountains in this canyon called Wildcat. Um, I'm living with my girlfriend in a house up here, and we've been together about two and a half years. And before I was married, I um, before I was with her, I was married for 12 years, and just got divorced a couple of years ago. Uh, and I have an eight-year-old son in town from this marriage. And for about 18 years, I had a, a porn addiction. And I've stopped that about, about three years ago. And I'm choosing not to ejaculate and made that choice about three months ago. Um, my current day job is a software developer. And I've been doing that for like over pretty close to 20 years. And I'm wanting to do something different. So I've been, for the listeners, I've been exploring different spiritual paths. I've been doing a lot of indigenous um, work with Lakota Sundances and Sweat Lodges and an indigenous school in New Mexico. And it really hasn't been to this past year that I've been really interested in masculinity and focusing that on specifically. And the, the question that whether I knew it or not a year ago, I, was, I started asking myself was, you know, what does it mean to be a man and relate with a woman in a healthy, powerful way? Because I, I was seeing all of these different things that came up in my marriage come up again in my, my second relationship. So, um, you know, I started working with you, Chris, about six months ago. Um, and it hasn't really been until last month that I've really cut out all the distraction and really focused on working with you and not doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So I want to give out an invitation to all the listeners that if you're in my neck of the woods and you want to get together either for a hike or a cup of tea, uh, that my door is always open. And I love talking about this stuff and meeting with people who are passionate about this. And my email is Neil Matthew Lott. That's N-E-I-L-N-E-I-L-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-L-O-T-T at gmail.com. So thanks for letting me introduce myself, Chris. You're welcome. 
on the I I advise anybody who is in the area to to take you up on free tea. <laughs> you can't say no to free tea. It's good poor tea, yeah. <laughs> and also, I assume you'll actually put pants on. When yeah. <laughs> you know, I wore pants for the interview. Actually, I wore shorts just in case. The, the, well, I can still see your knees then. <laughs> Here's the thing. On every webinar that Neil arrives onto, he'll be fully clothed like scarves, hats, jackets, jumpers, but he'll have no pants on. So you'll just see the tops of his white knees in the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, not to not to turn you off going to visit him or anything. Uh, he's a good guy. Yeah. Well, I, I also really want to appreciate everything you've been doing with um, men and women. And it's taken me probably five or six months to really start having an understanding of the depth that you're really bringing to everybody. Mm-hmm. And especially in this distracted non-culture and the the humanness that you want to support in everybody. So I have a, a lot of gratitude for, you know, what you're doing and respect for the way you work with men and women. And each webinar I've learned a lot. Um, and I, I really enjoy the process and how I've been really taking the things that you give to people in and questioning everything and seeing what sticks and, Mm-hmm. I've noted for, for the most part that everything's been sticking. So uh, I just want to say, you know, my deep appreciation for you. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And there's nothing better for me in the work that I do um, than seeing somebody actually take on board what it is that I'm sharing in its simplicity and actually applying it in a way that it's meant to be applied for them. Uh, so it's been it's been awesome seeing your own progression, you know, through the weeks, through the months. And as you said, only now are you really internalizing the depth of it. And this is what people need to realize is that even listening to these podcasts or you know, jumping on one call with me or, or watching a video, you'll really only be able to pick up, resonate with, and receive what I'm saying at the level and at the depth that you're currently available. Um, but as that starts to shift, you'll really start to to witness, and you'll more importantly, you'll actually start to feel the difference in depth in what's been put across because really it's just it's just an aspect of deep humanity and truth that i attempt to deliver in its rawest most loving form um so yeah thank you for sharing that realization that you had because i think it's important for people to realize that they will take in different things in different ways or they'll relate with different things only to the level that they're available to receive it at. Yes, that's been, that's been a big realization. And the patience that goes along with that uh, has, been, has been the other one that's been, been growing for me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So today um, I've intended to talk with you about three or actually four different topics and we'll see 
where where things go. Um, compromising, clarity, welcoming, and commitments and intending. And so the first one about compromising, you know, when when I had that first call with you about six months ago, mm-hmm. um, I re- I distinctly remember the one of the main questions that stuck with me and continues to reverberate inside my my body is about all the areas that I've deeply compromised in my life. And, you know, in that call, I felt a lot of grief because I started seeing the awareness of, wow, okay, I have been compromising and how I've dropped the ball in so many places. And, you know, on that call, you told me, I need to start seeing all those places, acknowledging them and making amends to myself and then choosing not to do that anymore. So I think this is more of a a question as a understanding for your listeners of compromising in itself. When I started internalizing that, my original vision of that was like, okay, I need to be this you know, this like overly hairy man that's uncompromising, always getting his way and like making these executive decisions and being really dictatorial about it because I didn't really know what not compromising looked like. So I took this, this almost heavy handed approach and I realized that's really not what you meant at all. And so for the men out there, I'm, I want to ask you if you'd be able to give a clear picture of what uncompromising looks from a masculine perspective. I feel that not compromising the place to both men and women, of course. And a man will not compromise the same way as a woman will not compromise. They just will be engaging with the compromising in different ways. It's like the man pees standing up, the woman pees sitting down. They both still have to pee. They're just going to do it slightly differently. Maybe that wasn't the greatest metaphor, but I'm going to leave it anyway. (laughs) So your question was, what does it look like? Yeah, I, you know, when, when a man starts his process of deciding to be uncompromising in his life, and he, he hasn't known what that looks like for himself, or actually maybe hasn't done that mm-hmm. fully, um, I, I'm, I'm trying, I guess I'm leading to some guidance of, what what would allow a man to feel whether he's uncompromising or not? And how would that look like for him? Or how could he tell if, if he's being compromising? I also want to get to how that looks for women, but I want to start with the masculine side first. The man needs to be, first, the man needs to be very, very aware of how he's doing his life. 
and the things that are motivating him in order to do the things that he's doing in his life. If you don't know yourself, and if the man hasn't made contact with himself, then he's going to be compromising himself, even if he thinks he's doing well by himself. Compromise and self-truth are going to be very aligned. The more you know your truth, the more you are in connection with your own self, your own divinity, your own energy, your own source, your own spirit, your own leanings, whatever you want to call it, the more you are aware of what those are, the more opportunity you have to not be as compromising as before. But if you're not in contact with yourself and you're not aware, then by default, you will be compromising. If you look at a child, it's a perfect example of a human who does not compromise. A child means no harm to anybody. There is no dictatorship. Uncompromising, this is probably one of the, the most infectious ways of being that is internally corrupting us as individuals. The fact that we feel like we need to lay down who we are in order to pick somebody else up. So compromising, it doesn't have to be complicated. But what you see yourself compromising in right now is going to be very different, which is your experience also you know, two or three months down the line, you start to see a deeper picture of just how much you have been compromised. But this only comes with deeper self-awareness. So if we look at it in another light, it's similar to saying, if something is no for you, but something is yes for somebody else, and that person wants you to go and do the yes with them, even though it's a no for you, do you go against yourself and move in the direction with them to do their yes? If something is no for you, can you stay true to that? Because this will challenge a person socially so much. Because we think we owe everybody everything. And a man, when a man compromises, for women, it's a little bit different because her basic essence of nourishing or, or nurturing, should I say, is almost a self-compromise. But that's how she's been put together in many instances as a mother, as a woman. Even a, a woman who doesn't have a child, she is a mother. Women are mothers. They come with that energy. That's what they're here to embody. So a part of the woman is to compromise herself, but not in a way where she damages herself. Because for a woman to... to 
put care or place care onto somebody else can actually be deeply nourishing for her soul. And this is just a tiny part of it. In no way am I blanket labeling all women and saying that you should compromise to take care of people because that's not what I'm saying. Most women as well are totally compromising themselves based on the types of men that they allow up inside of them physically, the types of men that they allow date them, that they are around. The way they completely fatigue themselves, pushing themselves, trying to save and help and feed everyone except for themselves. This is all deep compromisation, which in turn really, really hurts the one. And for a man, a man is very much the keeper of the kingdom. The woman keeps it alive. The woman's there for life. But the man is much more setting the parameters in terms of creating the environment, creating the space so that the female can then come in or the feminine, should I say, the feminine energy can come in and fill it. So the man needs to be totally uncompromised in what he's creating. And totally uncompromised in his ability to stand firmly with and firmly for his connection to his creator in his life. That the man moves in alignment with his spirit, with his nature. And does not break that sacred agreement with himself in order to appease to other people who want to pull his attention into something that may not be of any value to the community. So it feels that when a man is uncompromising in himself and is allowing his spirit to move through him so that he can act actually create that space for his kingdom that the feminine can fill that in an uncompromising way. So the two are really working together. Of course, always. They're always playing supporting roles of one another. And if one isn't fully there, then it will directly impact the other. But when a man is uncompromising, that man becomes safe. A man in his uncompromisation, that's a word, that brings safety upon the community. A woman who is in uncompromisation brings an abundance of total unconditional lovingness and aliveness upon the community. Nourishment, fuel, abundance, creativity, art. So, so in, in cases where, you know, each of us, like the masculine and the feminine, we're constantly growing. So are there particular ways that you see men 
being able to support women not being compromising and women not being able to support men not being compromising? A man supports a woman not being compromising firstly by having coming to or by having came or arrived at the point in his own beingness where he is no longer compromising himself and his own life force in his life. A man who has not come to that place will find it very, very difficult and confusing to support that in a woman. So the man needs to be fully engaged with that part of himself within himself first. Because just naturally a man like that will immediately give endless permission to anybody who comes in contact with him, just in the way he's living his life. It will give permission to other people to not be so compromising. But one of the ways a man can do it is by not tolerating the perpetual childishness that exists in in a large amount of, of women and femininity in general because of the unhealthy nature of the modern woman. So by not supporting that and by being there with her in such a loving and supportive way from his place of strength that shows confidence and support and patience in her, letting go of all the things in her being as a woman, all of her mishandling that has been keeping her almost in the role of being perpetually compromised because she's known it to be no other way. It's the only thing that was offered up to her in her life. So another thing I'll say to the man is always supporting the woman to be free, allowing your woman to be free because she is not your woman. Allowing women to be free, allowing the feminine to be free because as long as she is being chained, she will never be the quality and the giganticness of womanhood that she could be for her in her life and for you within your life or within your relating with her. And just for most men to support that, that freedom in a woman, freedom of her heart, freedom of her body, freedom of her sex, that brings up so many egoic twists in a man's consciousness. And all of his childishness starts to be mirrored. So for a woman, supporting a man not compromising, what I would say to the women is allow the man to stay a man. Stop trying to cut his balls off. Stop attempting to castrate him. Stop telling the man what to do unless you want a child in your life. Unfortunately, most men in society, similar to the women, are, are moving from a place of child's posture. 
and women support this in their dealings with them because they, they want childish things from the man. They want his childish forms of attention to support the childishness that she herself has gotten caught up in. So for the women, stop trying to lock men down and having him for keeps. As soon as you want a man for keeps, as soon as you get the man, as soon as you have the man, you've lost the man. And you won't really get to be penetrated by all of him the way that it was intended for him to be. The woman really needs to be there to support the man being every piece of himself that he feels to be. She may not like every decision he makes, but she can trust it. She can trust that she has a man to lay down with who will bring the, the frequency of energy and an energy firm and big enough to open her so beautifully. But it is very deep conditioning the way that, that many women just want to hold him down and, and, and make him hers. This is not how most men function. It's just not. Now you've worked with thousands of individuals over the past few years and men don't function like women women will naturally want to go deeper into a lovingness with a man so she can continue opening more and more and more and in many instances she'll only want to be open by that man that she chooses to give her unconditional love to and that's beautiful that's what's so beautiful about the, the feminine. But she must learn to arrive to a place of maturation where she can be in that state with, with her lover or with her partner without attempting to make him hers. Because she'll actually ruin what she has with him. And she'll come to resent him because of how malleable he has now become, because of how compromised he has allowed himself be. And for a woman, there's nothing more terrifying than a free man because he doesn't need her. And people need to get out of the, get out of the wanting to be needed. Instead, we need to turn around and do our own internal work so we can bring that, complete, that completeness back to ourselves so we feel complete, that we don't feel like we need to be needed to feel complete. A free man will never need a woman, but he will see the deep enhancement that that specific woman brings to his life. And he would be an idiot to walk away from her. Mm -hmm. And just to finish this, this point that I'm making, I realize that this is very high-functioning, uh, high-functioning ways of relating that I'm talking about. And I realize it's not for everybody. 
And if it's not for you, no judgment on you. Just, again, this is about not compromising. And for the women here, if you really want a man for keeps, then that's totally okay. Go and do that and don't compromise that. But you must keep your eyes open and you must see how your engagement with him may begin to weaken the maleness in him that you so much desire, that you see such an enhancement in. And the same for men. Thanks, Chris. That was a that was very uh, that was very powerful what you just said. And while I was listening, I a couple places caught me up. Mm -hmm. The first was as a man <clears throat> giving giving that freedom to the woman and allowing her heart to be free, her expression to be free, so that she can really stand and ground in her heart and open that and expand that. And I wanted to flip it to the contrast of what have you seen men do that inhibits that freedom or, or tries to take that freedom away? Men so often relate with women as conquests. Like they go to battle and they get the head of the enemy. That having that beautiful or attractive woman with them in their life as their woman, that's directly dovetailed into their perception of themselves and their ego. So these men won't want the woman going off with any other man, not looking at a man. Some men will not even allow the woman go out with her own women friends. These really controlling men that are really only being controlling because of, of how weak he feels himself internally, how unworthy he feels in himself. So for men, the main thing is control. Men want to control what the woman does with her body and her mind. And the man really wants to be the one responsible for their love. He wants to be the reason that she's so madly in love. Because it, it's sitting on his ego. So it seems like, it seems like all the insecurities that get reflected to us as men when the feminine is in front of us. Like when, when we actually feel through those insecurities and not try to have them met by a possession of her externally in some controlling way. 
that we're, we're doing a couple of things. We're doing our work to really look inside and feel all those dark places inside of us and know them really well so that we can bring more of us to, to women and to the feminine. And that we're, we're being uncompromising in ourselves because we're doing our work and we're being accountable. And then we're also not looking for the woman to actually meet or fulfill that kind of, that emptiness inside of us that we're seeing as that insecurity creating. Men will reach out to women as if she was his mother. So she wants him, she or he wants her to come in and fill the place of his mother. However, she used to care for him and look after him and give him compliments and tell him how handsome he is and tell him how good he is at stuff. And you know how apparent this is because pretty much every single woman who comes to see me in the work that I do will say things along the lines of, it's so difficult to communicate with my partner or with men in general because I can never ever tell him or ask him to maybe if he could be with me in a different way because his ego is so fragile. Mm. But if I bring up anything to him about how he may not be perfectly amazing in this way that he loses his shit Mm. and then she must pick him back up and dust him off that's no posture for a man this is why a man needs to let go of needing the feminine because the feminine lives within the man anyway but he will never know that until he comes to a point of not seeing women as validational and collectional figures in his life. Mm -hmm. Just to validate his own power and his own importance. Men use women. And women use men. In different ways. But a man needs to do his work. He needs to cut that umbilical cord. This is why male relating with the females is so convoluted. It's so messy. It's so fragile and reactionary. Because he's still assuming the posture of a little boy. Not a man not a fully developed male. And some women will stay with these men and give their lives away to these men. And I know that because so many of the women who come to see me are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and have been with this quality of man for their entire adult life. And she has never been opened. She has never been allowed or given the space to heal, to let go of all the hurt and the trauma that's sitting on her because she spent her entire time babysitting the man-child. 
men must, must do their work. You know, for me, I've, I've noticed a lot of the things that you've been describing are things that I've done in the past and have held myself accountable to no longer do. Beautiful. Uh, and you know, there's, I think one of the most beautiful things that I've seen happen and personally for me is the the power that I feel as a man when I see women open around me because of what I'm bringing, either if it's a small thing or a large thing. And it seems like it's almost a trade-off of, okay, do I want to be mothered or be a little boy in this situation? Or do I want to actually hold the space to allow the woman in front of me to open. Um, and obviously there's varying levels of uncomfortability of, of situations, but I've seen in general, like what you're describing about allowing a woman to open in a you know, beautiful, natural way. I feel a lot, I, there's almost a, an embodiment that hits me that's greater than what what happens when I'm just alone. It's it's a I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure you feel it a lot because you're called into your role. It's like you're drafted in. And when you as a man come into contact with a part of your purpose in a deep way, it fuels you even more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, my commitment um, to not ejaculating, to being present, to owning my shit, um, not just when I'm with her, but in every moment. Because, you know, I've also noticed that what I'm doing with her is what I'm doing when I'm not with her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. And so if I don't level up everywhere else, the level of presence I bring, it's, it's going to be, it's still going to be pulled back. Mm -hmm. um, to circle back to one thing you mentioned earlier with the freedom piece and bestowing that really I don't know if it's a bestowal, but it's a, um, you know, you describe it so beautifully as the man creating the space of safety and uncompromising in his life. And so that naturally is just brought to everybody else's. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when that's not fully there and childish comes up either in the man or the woman, um, you know, I've noticed that when the when things come up in my girlfriend that really bring up a lot of emotion or feeling in me that if i just react internally <laughs> and take whatever's happening inside and let that out it 
if it feels like, you know, the more I'm talking to you in this conversation, the more I'm losing my uncompromisingness in myself because I lose my accountability and I don't allow that safe space and clarity to really reach her and open her in that way. That could be really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You see, the woman's depth of opening is always going to be mirroring back exactly what the man is inspiring for her. A woman will never be able to open into herself in the presence of a man who is inspiring very little of that. Because she can't. The environment wasn't created for it. The space that he has created wasn't designed for that. Yeah, the you know, over the past week or so, the maybe two or three weeks, I've been really feeling internally the level of accountability that men have to really bringing that safety out into the world. But for me also internally really finding, okay, well, why don't I feel safe in this part of my body or what's happening here? That's... Um, it begins with you. Yeah. It always begins with you. I agree. I, I constantly come back to that, Chris. <laughs> as much as I don't want that to be true or haven't wanted that to be true, that truth has been so evident. <laughs> and I hope every man can, can become aware of the the depth of importance that is surrounding the way he is being internally because it will affect everything in his life and everything around him in all of his relations his internal landscape and the healthiness of it will impact everything Yeah, the, I, I wanted to share with you um, a couple nights ago. I was in bed with my girlfriend and, you know, ever since I, I chose not to ejaculate, I've been leveling up with myself of, you know, why I really want women in my life. And prior it's been what I noticed I was doing unconsciously was that I was using sex as a way to fill this uh, worthlessness or just this really deep hole inside me that would come up and avoid want to avoid that feeling. Um, and so since I made that choice, I've been really accountable about, okay, well, why do I want to have sex or what's happening in my body? And noticing that that feeling hasn't come up, but maybe, maybe at times, but not very much, since I'm being more aware of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So a couple of nights ago, I was in bed and I felt this pulling on my girlfriend that, I, that started coming up about me wanting sex from her. 
And I was noticing this in my body and started having all this shame come up. I was like, man, I fucking thought I knew I dealt with this. And I was starting to tune in internally about what was happening for me. And eventually she called me out on it saying like, well, what's your intention? Where she, cause she couldn't really feel me. And it was, the energy was, was, was pretty apparent. And so, you know, I left the room, I said goodnight to her and I left the room and uh, went to sleep on my own. And I remember walking back in the hallway and just saying like, man, I just hate fucking women because they don't give me what I want. And I kept staying with that feeling internally and those thoughts. And then the next morning, you know, I was doing the Qigong and I was doing the star pose and I was feeling into what happened the night before about like, well, what is this place inside me that feels so empty that I have to get this from her? And I felt her, I felt while I was doing the star pose, it was almost like the the feminine was like coming into my chest from my left side. Mm-hmm. And I could feel this welcoming that I hadn't allowed before. And I could feel the kind of feminine come in to my chest. And I was, it felt very like ecstatic and uh, very loving. And almost like she was afraid to come in and sit in my body. And it was, I'd never, this is kind of, this is a unique felt sense. I'd never felt that before. And all of this welcoming started coming up internally to allow her to feel safe inside me. And the whole pulling that was happening the night before with my girlfriend kind of dropped away. And I got a lot more curious about that feeling in my chest and being with her. And so the next morning I I had a conversation with my girlfriend around what happened for me owning what was going on and the pulling and being upfront with everything and telling her that, you know, this welcoming that I started feeling internally that I really want to welcome, that I want to welcome you. And I could feel that welcoming internally. I could feel her feel the welcoming and being welcomed. And she melted and opened and we had this really beautiful moment and it it seems that every time that i'm trying to get something externally that there's always this internal place that's dark that either maybe i've been scared or afraid to go into but that is attempting to um to be lit up so to speak so that I can actually bring that to everybody I'm around. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess my question around that is, it feels like along with the safety that men provide in their uncompromisingness, there's, there's also a, like a, a quality of, of gentle or tender welcoming that needs to be present as well for safety to really, uh, I think to really be authentic. 
And I wanted to hear what you had to say about that. A man who is not in communication with his internal woman or with the feminine is not going to be safe for a woman. There will be very little safety because his level and, and his depth of sensitivity won't really exist without his connection to that feminine part of him being well developed. And more than anything, this the the connection that a man has with femininity in a healthy way, because most men around there are, you know, are feminized, but that's not in a healthy way because their maleness has been sacrificed for an erratic form and a reactionary form of, of femininity in himself and how he lives his life. But a man with a healthy, developed femininity, it's really going to be the oomph that a woman feels when in his presence. It's going to be the part of him that will be supporting her in coming back into contact with herself. She'll feel much safer in the way that he can be there with her in his maleness, in his firmness, in his powerful energy, but all the while holding her in it so sensitively. And that will be a man of intuition because the more femininity that is introduced, the more intelligence, the more intuition. Femininity is life intelligence. It is the abundance of love. of unconditionalness, of receptivity, of patience, of compassionateness. So a man who lacks in these areas will really not be a healthy individual for a woman to, to be around on a regular basis or even on a one-time basis. <laughs> and what some men will do is they'll attempt to fake it. They'll attempt to fake compassion, fake sensitivity. And if a woman isn't present and in her body, in her felt sense, then she won't know that he's faking it because she's listening to him with her mind. And this is how women end up laying down with men they really should not be laying down with because they have been seduced. They have been tricked. They have been manipulated. But a woman being in her womanhood, in her energy, in her body, in her felt sense, her body will speak to her around men. Her body will respond around men, letting her know which is a man of substance and consciousness that may be of huge enhancement for her life right now. So women need to choose men much differently in order to not end up in situations where they become so hard done by and so mishandled. 
this is where the woman needs to be engaging with her femininity. Femininity is the intelligence. It's the life intelligence. It's the ebb and the flow. It's the pulse. It's the heartbeat of life on this physical realm. But it's what's so powerful to the point where people don't want to engage with it because it feels too overwhelming to invite that type of aliveness into your being. So both men and women will really suffer from being disconnected to this. And it seems like, I mean, for me, I've noticed there has been this large fear of, okay, am I, am I being feminized or am I actually being in my, having a relationship with my healthy feminine? And so for, so what would you say for, for men to be able to distinguish that inside themselves? He'll know it. I love your simple answers. <laughs> well, there's no need to complicate stuff if it doesn't need to be complicated. He'll know it. Yeah. A man who is feminized, he won't know anything. He'll be totally caught up. He'll be totally ungrounded. He will not feel his own power. He will feel confused, lost, unworthy, weak, fearful about communicating what he wants as a man, fearful in any form of authenticity or authentic relating, fear in worshipping his genitals and his God center. A man who is feminized knows it because he doesn't know himself. So that's why I said that when a man is in a healthy relating with his feminine, he'll know it because of the amount of work he has had to do hmm. in order to set her free and to heal her inside of himself. Through his relearning of how, how to be receptive, how to be in life in a receptive way where he can allow and invite life, for use of a better term, into himself. Where he can be patient with his emotions, with his feelings, with his own trauma, his own sadness and fears and insecurities, where he can love himself through it where he can hold that space internally and learn to hold that space and acquire the ability to hold that male space for his internal feminine as he goes through all of his own releasing. Because a man being present, just being present, a man will have no choice other than facing all of his insecurities all of the parts of himself that have been trapped and beaten and whipped and, and twisted up. 
So there he will have the opportunity to, to learn how to make love to the woman, but inside of himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, I would, for me, it's been a, a very up and down, arduous, beautiful process to, exactly. <laughs> to, to find that. And I think it was just yesterday, I'm like, I had to work, but I was like, oh, I just really want to just hang out with myself and make love with myself because of that back and forth that you're just describing. And that yeah, was You don't need to work. <laughs> But that's that was your starting point. I say a man needs to do his work specifically. I use the word work specifically. I mean, actually, work. I had to actually go to work. <laughs> yeah, but I only use the word work because at the beginning of a man's process, it will feel arduous. It will feel because he will have to put down and disconnect from everything else in order to be able to to follow himself internally. That will seem like work. But at a certain point, the man will come to the place of realizing that no work is involved. She was always there. I was always here. I actually had to work to let go of all the distractions. I had to work to let go of all the things that were poisoning me. But I didn't need to work to heal my internal female or my internal male. Because they've always been healthy. It's the things that we've gotten caught up in that have strangled them. It's the conditioning that has beat them up. Most men are just holding their internal male energy down all day, every day. And then they need to relieve it because they're so frustrated in their own life with themselves and their level of copping out and their level of compromise that, of course, they got to shut the blinds down and hide themselves and turn on porn and keep the volume down low and jerk off and come just to release himself so he cannot feel the level of his own compromise. So, of course, but for a man to hold himself down is a full-time job. That's more work than anything else because you're literally sitting on your own divinity and you're going, uh-uh, to God. Same goes for women. Speaking to God, speaking to the Divine Mother and saying, uh-uh, you don't get to move in me the way you want to move in me. Instead, I'm going to pick everything up with my mind and attempt to, to do my life with that, with all the conditioning. But if someone can't see it, then it's not their fault. We are all victims of deep, deep forms of conditioning. But once you become aware of it, then it's your choice whether you choose to remain asleep or whether you want to actually level up in your own delusion so you can be here in, in such 
in such a deeper place of love and abundance and health and energy and happiness. But to do that, you know, there's no, there's no 29 steps. There's no four-week course. There's no best-selling book. You pull your sleeves up and you realize you are the only person responsible and only you can begin to make the shift internally. Nobody else. In some instances, you will come across people such as guides who are very good at what they do or may be able to bring something of clarity, such as the position that I take and the work that I do. A lot of what I'm doing is just reconnecting someone to themselves to assist them in their process of reclaiming that connection. Because if someone isn't reconnected to themselves or reconnected to that life force energy, it can be very, very difficult for a person to really come back down into themselves. Well, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, that's really well said. Um. <clears throat> I've noticed personally that the more I've stopped giving <clears throat> my attention to figuring, like, okay, if I read this book, then I could figure this out for myself. And taking that energy that I would have done externally and putting that internally, that I've had these moments of clarity or moments of clarification that are getting larger and larger because I, I'm more focused on what I'm doing rather than what other people are telling me what to do. Yeah. And the addiction to that has been so strong. Um, and to let that go, there was, I mean, at first there was a lot of fear towards that. And now there's more of an excitement of, okay, well, what can I really discover or, or see internally? Um, and I'm more interested in giving space to myself than and protecting that than allowing other things to come in and, and take that away. Well, so, nothing, here, here's the thing. Nothing can take that away. You give it away by, uh, by your compromise, by your level of compromise. You give that space away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that kind of that goes back to what we were originally talking about. Um, mm -hmm. I feel complete with the questions I've asked, Chris. I felt like okay. we've we've covered a lot of good good things, um, and I can feel my body at a point where. 
<laughs> I've received I received enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've received enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess that's it. But I I really appreciate I it feels like I've I've gained a lot of clarity on what you've described and thanks for going into each of these uh questions with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you yeah. for for asking them. Thank you for asking them. So I presume that's it. I think this is the end. Do we end the podcast now? Yes. Anything you want to finish up with saying to anybody or is that it? Um I I really appreciate all the you know all the people I've met working with you and the guys on the weekly webinar and I've noticed I've learned seeing everybody go through their process there's always something internally that I can learn from them and it's uh it's really beautiful hanging hanging out with you to see what people are capable of when they let themselves and how natural that can really be and um i'm just grateful for all the the podcasts and and blog posts that you've done and and everything i've learned so thank you very much chris beautiful thank you for your kind words and <clears throat> it's been a pleasure assisting you and and hanging out with you over the past few months and as i said seeing your gradual developments and then how you fall back and then you gradually move forward and then you fall back <laughs> and that's that's awesome because that's the way it that's just the way it is when something is going to be very foundationally inbuilt this whole overnight awakening thing sure you know it it happens i don't doubt it but it's very rare and when people read a lot of these spiritual things or these spiritual teachers and they read about awakening and they're always looking for this oh i had my kundalini awakening mm. and i'm looking at another fuck you did <laughs> but i can't say that because that would be judgmental of me <laughs> so i don't say well i do say that i mean it from a good place but what i what i really wanted to make the point of is is for people to realize that there's such a power in patience because the patience you need to develop for yourself and for your health and just for your general well-being in your life that will have to be accompanied by surrendering by the person learning how to surrender to something greater than themselves to something that is actually here animating them moving them keeping them alive so whether the person wants to call it god or jesus or they have a certain religion or following it really doesn't matter but i always recommend people keep it just simple i refer to it as source life force energy you can feel it so deeply and so blissfully and so powerfully when you start to resensitize to yourself and it's not even 
resensitizing for you to feel that connection. It's just resensitizing to feel yourself because you are that. You are consciousness in form. Everything is consciousness in form from this table to the tree. Everything exists from consciousness. It comes from that. And we are consciousness. We are literally God. So if I could simplify it for people, it would be to come back to feeling oneself as receptively open to life, to feeling. And from this point, you'll start making contact with, with an essence that will so powerfully transform your way of experiencing your existence. And it's here for everyone. It's here for all of us. And that's what I do in the work that I do. That is my highest intention. It's to reconnect and to plug people back into that, that consciousness. And not just to say it, but to have people to have people have an experience of it so they know it's real. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for your support, Neil, and, and for coming on and asking these questions and um, for hanging out every Sunday. <clears throat> yeah, you're welcome. Your, your feedback and sharing and all of that. Uh, and I totally honor your process and everybody else going through it because I know how challenging and illuminating it can be. Mm-hmm. So thank you to everybody who um, is listening to the podcast. And if you would like to come on, if you would like to be an interviewer, I'm really reaching out to women right now. I say it every week. I work with more women than I do with men, but men are the ones who turn up to engage in these types of conversations. And I would really, really love if women started to to step up and offer to to come into this this way of relating a little bit and just let it play out so we can just go with the flow of it. And yeah, that's it from my side. Great. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Thanks everyone. Bye bye. Bye.